Hey there, online family. Thanks so much for tuning into the Refuge Official Podcast today. We believe that the message you're about to hear is a powerful one. We believe that the Lord is ready and willing to do a great work. And we believe that through this message, you'll hear from Him today. So please enjoy. It's such a pleasure uh, to be able to gather together. You know, other people don't have this opportunity. Other people don't have the opportunity to come together and not have to worry about the police coming in, busting down the door and breaking it all up and putting everybody in jail. Man, hallelujah. You know, I'd like to think that we would keep gathering even if that happened, you know, because we should, because God has anointed the fellowship and the gathering of his people. And even, we just want to welcome you online. You're here just, I feel like you're here just like Everybody here is here. You know, I just want to thank you so much for tuning in and giving us a part of your day because it, it matters. It matters. I mean, this may be a very small portion of your week, but it will change your life. And don't let this be the only portion that you get to seek God in in your week, but get into the scriptures and pray and allow God to change your life because he will. And I just, I just want to encourage you that this is the best part of my week. Because I get around people, I get encouraged, I get excited because God is doing something. And when I look at you, I see the gifts of God in action. Because not only did you come here, but God is moving through you to not only meet and talk to the people around you, but he's moving through you to change the lives of the people that are outside of this room, at your workplace. I can't go to your work. You probably don't want me to come to your work. (laughs) But... You can talk to people that I can't talk to. You can talk to people that Pastor Matt and Pastor Deb can't talk to. You can touch people's lives that no one else can touch. And so what you get here, what you get in our small groups, what you get in everything that we do here at the Ministry of Refuge, you can take outside these walls. And that's that's our mission is to reach the world. And we're gonna actually talk about that today. So that's that's amazing. I just, again, I wanna thank you so much. I wanna say good morning. I want to tell you that I love you, and, and I'm just so appreciative of the opportunity to be up here and, and have the ability to share the Word of God with you today. Um, I want to give you a greeting from our pastors, Pastor Matt and Deb. They are on a vacation. They are out having some time of rest. They're spending time with family. They greet you with great love and compassion, and, and they miss you. They're, I talked to him, uh, Pastor Matt last night and talked to Pastor Deb just a tiny little bit. I heard her in the background. She's playing with the kids and stuff like that, you know, and, uh, and they're just like, man, we want to be there. And I, I could just feel the love coming right through that phone. I'm like, man, this is so good. We are connected so well. And, and it hurts them to be away, but they also know that they need time away so that they can focus on what God wants to do uh, in this ministry, in their lives, and have time with their family. So just keep praying for them. Uh, they, really, they really love you, and, and are, they're, they're hearing from God. And I'm excited for, for what's next. It's, it's going to be amazing. So I'm so thankful to have this opportunity today. And I, I first of all, want to just thank Pastor, our executive pastor, Pastor Tim Kleiner, for bringing the word last week. He talked about communion. Uh, he talked about what it is to, to break bread and take of the cup in remembrance of who Jesus Christ was and what he did on the cross. And not only his death, burial, and resurrection, but what he calls us to be through that and how we connect in the unity of his body. So I just want to thank him so much. If you didn't see it, check it out. Go online, go on our app, check it out. So good. Um, I could just, I love listening to Pastor Tim talk because he is a wealth of information. So a lot of times I, I, I'm, I'm in the, on, on, you know, listen to him. And I'm like, man, I don't know anything. <laughs> I'm like, Lord, God, help me. So, um, so I'm all you got today. All right. So, um, and the Lord, the Lord is with us. I just uh, get the opportunity to, 
extend our series. So we took a little break with that message by Pastor Tim. <clears throat> but I get to extend our series called Beyond Talk. And what this series is, is we're talking about going beyond just lip service. We're talking about just going beyond just saying that you're a Christian, but love and action. What does it look like to, to experience the love of God and then pour it out? It's not just, see, see, receiving from the Lord isn't a selfish thing. It's not something that you just receive to yourself because if it lived and died with you, then no one else would get saved, right? We can't allow that to happen. Because not only would, would that be something that would die with you, and then no one else would experience the love of Christ, so then people beyond that wouldn't experience the love of Christ. See, it's amazing that 2,000 years later, after Jesus' death and burial resurrection on the cross happened, we're still talking about him today. This Bible is the most sold book in the entire world today. There's nothing that, that can disprove him. Everybody has tried to disprove this word. Everybody has tried to disprove Jesus. they all dead and gone. And Jesus still reigning in heaven. And so we have the opportunity to share this, and we're going to talk about sharing that. So I get to, I get to um, talk about being commissioned by love today. And before I get into that, I want to just kind of catch you up, do a little bit of overview. Pastor Deb started this um, series off by being, talked about being transformed by love. And, and she talked about our first encounter with Jesus, our encounter with love that transformed us, the encounter of uh, forgiveness that took us to a place of understanding that, that no matter how bad we were, God still loved us. And you know what? He met us in the worst of our worst. He was there. And we may not have chose him in that moment, but he was there preparing our hearts to choose him in the moment that you did. And he, she talked about how we are transformed by that experience of love. And we are, we are commissioned to show that love, and that's what we're gonna talk about today. But that we have to first be transformed before we can show it. See, we can't really love other people if we haven't really experienced love. And if you want to take it a step further, you'll never be able to love anybody if you don't first understand what it is to love yourself. Because if you hate yourself, you will naturally hate other people because that's what's flowing out of you. You see yourself in a, in a poor respect, so then you see other people in a poor respect and you want to bring them down to your level. So you have to understand what love is. So to experience love, you have to allow it to transform your life. You have to know what it is to receive it so that you can understand that you are loved, understand that you are chosen, and then be able to reveal that to other people. And that love will flow out of you, not determined by what you see or hear, but by the love that's inside of you from God. And then Pastor Matt, the next week, took us into what it is to not just give lip service, but to, but to show love and action. And he revealed, he talked a lot about a forgiveness. See, the fact of the matter is we have to understand that now, number one, we are forgiven. Uh, there's nothing that God holds against us. And so therefore, we are called to forgive others. We can't hold unforgiveness against others. Uh, because if we're doing that, we're, we're actually, we're hurting ourselves, number one. We're hurting ourselves because uh, someone said uh, unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Because really that offense that you're holding, that unforgiveness that you're holding, it really is destroying you because it's, it's eating at you. You're, you're, you're allowing it to eat at you and the other person, they're just going on with life. They say, well, that person just don't forgive me. And we think we're doing ourselves a, a service. We think we're, we're giving judgment um, in that unforgiveness. And the reality is, is we're just, we're, we're putting ourselves in bondage. And Jesus said, if you don't forgive others like I've forgiven you, then you've nullified what I've done. And so therefore, until we have the ability to forgive others, we're in a place of unforgiveness. He forgave us so we could forgive. We have to allow that to be transformative through us. I, I was talking to a gentleman 
a couple weeks back and, and we were just talking about the things of God and he's like, man, there is a lot to this. I said, yeah. The beauty of it is, is it's, it's step by step and, and God takes us one step at a time and the more that we, we dive into who he is, the more that we, we go after him, the more that he shows us. Um, and so Pastor Matt actually ended that message by talking about an encounter that he had with a boss and it was just, it's just an amazing story and how he, he was um, put down and, and, and really was just persecuted for his, his faith, persecuted for his loving uh, personality and who he is. And Pastor Matt had to make a choice whether he was gonna hate this man or whether he was gonna love this man. And God gave him the ability to love him. And he began to speak good things over him and it changed that man's life. Um, and that's what we can do. That's what we can do. Don't let your experiences determine how you speak, how you talk, how you interact with other people. Right? Easy thing to say, right? Yeah. All right, so we're gonna continue. Um, on this series, and, and a key verse for this series is 1 John uh, chapter 3, verse 18. It says this, it says, Little children, let us not love in word or speech, but in action and in truth. See, we can say a lot of things, but until we actually do them, it's really hard for people to believe us. Until we actually allow things to flow out of our hands and feet. You know, the loudest message that you will ever preach is how you live your life. It really doesn't matter what you say. You know, if I'm around you for a day, we hang out for a day, I probably can get an understanding of what you might say. You know, and it may be not what you normally say, right? But you have an idea of who people are just by hanging out with them. But spending time with them, you understand certain things about them because their actions come from the innermost part of their being, their heart. And it's not just lip service, but it's how we, we treat other people. So let's pray. Dearly Father, we just thank you so much for this day. We thank you, Lord, that you are here. Holy Spirit, we invite you in this, invade this place. Father, your presence is among us. Where your word is, there you are also. Where your people are gathered together, any two or more, you are there also. Father, Lord, we just receive that in Jesus' name right now. Lord, that you are here, that you are guiding us, that you are leading us. And Lord, we pray today for a revelation of your love. We pray for a revelation of the commission that you have put upon our hearts. For the leading, Father Lord, into your kingdom. The leading, Father Lord, into bringing others into your kingdom. And Lord, I pray that your word would come forth with power and might and anointing. And Lord, that in the midst of your word, Jesus' people would be saved, healed, delivered, and that we would walk out of here changed and not the same. Father Lord, that you would guide us this morning to be people of God, because you said, I want to be your God. And Lord, we receive you in this place this morning as, your, as our God. We receive you as our Lord. And Lord, we just pray that your word would go forth. Lord, that you would touch my lips with your anointing, that it would be your words and not my own. And Lord, that the power and the might of that which you have to say would pierce us in the innermost part of our being. Lord, that you would cleanse us of the things that we have not even seen. Lord, that you would convict us and cause change to come. And Lord, that we would leave this place with the ability to be a changed people. A people, Lord, that are running after you. A people that are touching the lives of others. Father, we thank you for what you're gonna do right now in Jesus' name. And we praise you in Jesus' name. And they all said, amen. <coughs> all right, so this is gonna be good. It's gonna be good. Do you love the person sitting next to you? That's an awkward question. <laughs> kind of an awkward question, especially if you don't know the person sitting next to you. I see a couple people pointing. <laughs> you know, I love, I love the, the, I love love. <laughs> That's kind of a weird statement. I love love, you know? 
Because it's something that comes out of almost an unnatural part of our flesh. And you can feel it from the innermost part. You can feel it from the depth. Like you may, you may um, put out hatred, but somewhere inside of there, there's a need or a want to love. And so we're gonna kind of talk about that this morning. So I have the, my job is to tell you what it is to be commissioned by love. That's my assignment. That's my assignment this morning. And so what does it mean to be commissioned? Okay, commissioning is this. It's the act of granting authority to someone. To commission is to charge someone with a task, giving them the authority to do something in an official way. So when you're commissioned to do something, it's a delegation of authority down to you so that you can exercise your ability through the authority of someone else. That's what it means to be commissioned. So in a sense, today, I'm here, I have been commissioned by Pastor Matt because he's the authority that is over me. I have been commissioned by his authority to bring you this message this morning. And I'm not operating in my own authority, but I'm, I'm operating in the authority that he has handed to me in this moment for this one Sunday. And he has blessed that authority unto me. He's given me that ability. And he said, go, minister this message because God is calling the church to hear this. So he has heard from the authority that was delegated unto him. And then he's delegated that authority unto me. So I've been commissioned, if that makes sense, to be here this Sunday morning. And I'm answering the call. So we have to understand that that authority has been given unto us. If we've been commissioned to do something, we have the ability to do it. Love. We've been commissioned by love. So what is love? Try to define that one once. I love cheeseburgers. Eh. <clears throat> I mean, that's a, yeah, kind of, right? That's kind of a, a portion of love. When you, when you look at the English language, it does a horrible job. Um, it's, it's very limited. It doesn't, it doesn't have the ability to go above and beyond to explain something. And so when you just look at the word love, it, there's so much more to just love, but we use that same word for all these different things. You know, I could say I love cheeseburgers like I love my wife, but I can tell you what, that is a totally different kind of love. That is not the same. I can do without a cheeseburger. I love my wife so much that, that even if she does something horrible to me, I still love her. Like God has given me that ability. That doesn't come from my flesh. That comes from his ability um, over me. You know, it flows through me. And this love that we're talking about today is agape love. So in the Greek language, there's four different types of love. There's agape love which is the love that we're gonna kind of talk about. Just as We're gonna to touch on it, and then I'm gonna show you what, how God reveals this love to us. So agape love is unconditional. It is limitless. It is enduring. It is unmerited. It is gracious. It is constant, and it seeks no benefit of itself, but it seeks the benefit of others. It is not self-seeking. That's agape love. That is the highest level of love. That means you cannot earn that love. It is just given. There's nothing that you can do to earn that love because it's limitless. It has no boundaries. It's, it's just already been given. The agape love of God is something that is just given unto us. And you look at the other kinds of love, um, phileo, it's a brotherly love. That's the other Greek, one of the other Greek loves, phileo. That's a brotherly love. That's like um, back and forth with friends type thing. Stargate, that's a family love. That's a love that's, you know, there's, there's a different type of love between brothers than there is as a family. 
Stargate love is family love. And then there's eros love. And eros, that's where we get erotica. That's the, the sexual type of love. And, and too bad today, that's the, that's the love that we put on top, right? That's where we try to get everything is through that. And, and if you don't have all, all levels of the dimensions of those types of love, then, then eros love just means absolutely nothing. And so we have to, we understand all those things. And we're not going to get into that today. It'd be super fun to do that, but unless y'all want to be here all day. But <clears throat> agape love. So how, what does God do to love us? What does God do to love us? Um, one of my favorite scriptures, John three sixteen. It says this, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. For God so loved the world, so loved the world that he just, he gave his Son. And I, we could spend all day on this, but what I want you to see is that God loved us so much that he, he didn't look at us and be like, well, if you just get this right, I'm gonna give you my Son and then everything will be okay. He didn't look at you and say, well, you know I think, you know, I, I want to I save, save Dustin, and I, I'm, just gonna send, I'm just gonna send Jesus so that Dustin gets saved because he just seems like a really good guy. No, that's not what he did. It says for all the world, right? It's, this love is not limited by a person. It's not limited by a thing. It's a, it's a God love that came down and said, you know what, I'm gonna give you. I love you so much, I never met you. You know what, but God knew you before you were formed in the womb. But he says, I love you so much that I'm gonna give you the most valuable thing that I have, the most valuable thing that I have, and that's my son. Because you, I love you more than the most valuable thing that I have, and we gotta get that in our mindset. More than the most valuable thing that God has. Now, God has a lot of things. You know, you thought you had it going on. <laughs> but God's got some stuff. The most valuable thing, he gave it up. For us, and not just for you and me and those in this room or those online, but for all the world. He didn't limit it by anybody. He said, I gave it for all so that every one of the people on this earth would have an opportunity or a chance to come into my kingdom and be connected with me. This love is for everyone. Now I know, we're all guilty of this, right? We got those people in our life that were like, well, they're never gonna get saved. Or they're never gonna change. They are just too mean. They're just, they just don't get it. They're not open to it. They're never gonna change. And we have this thought process. And we're receiving the love of God for ourselves. And we're robbing other people through our own mindset of the fact that they can also receive this same love. And we're saying that, you know what, you, they, just, they just, they can't get it. Well, God's gonna surprise you because he's done it to me. I'm guilty. You know, there's just people that we encounter that we're like, man, you want them to receive, but you're really doubting, you know? You're really like, man, I just, I just don't think it's ever gonna happen. But we can't think that way. We can't think that way because that's not the way Jesus thought. Jesus said, I died for all of them. 
I don't care how bad they are to you. I don't care what they're saying to you. I don't care how they've treated you. I don't care what you've seen them do. I don't care what um, the entire world says that they've done. I don't care because I died for them too. See, that's not the idea of agape love. It is not limited by anything. It is so powerful that it goes above and beyond. It's unconditional, limitless, enduring for all. The person next to you doesn't, doesn't disqual- isn't disqualified. And not just because you think they are. So we're commissioned by love, right? This commission is something serious. And that means that we have to be able to look to the person next to us or look to the person that we hate the most in our life and say, God loves you. God wants to change your heart. God wants to meet you where you're at. God wants to forgive you. He has forgiven you. The reality is, is they just haven't received it yet. And when we come into the place of receiving that forgiveness or that that love, then we can be transparent to that, right? So we have to check the attitude of our heart. What, What are we doing when it comes to those hard situations? How are we treating people? Matthew chapter five, verse 44 through 48 says this. It says, but I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be the sons of your father who is in heaven. For he causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rains on the righteous and the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? If you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? Therefore, you are to be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Now, that word perfect actually means mature. We are to be mature. That means we are not determined. Our maturity, we we don't react out of what we experience. That's, That's maturity. You know, a child reacts when you take the phone away. Child reacts when you take away their favorite toy. A child reacts to things. We are to be mature, to, to not react, but allow God's love to flow through us. And this says, I love this scripture because it talks about how even, even sinners love people that love them, right? It's really easy to love the person that's nice to you. It's really easy because you're like, oh, you're so nice. I just really appreciate that. You know, you bring me coffee and all these other things and you're always, you always get a smile on your face, you always greet me. And we have to understand that that love has to be transparent to everybody. And maybe that love you're experiencing from that person is something that you need to begin to show to others so that they can experience that regardless of where they are or what they're doing. Who are we if we're just loving people that love us? We are no different than the world. Jesus didn't come in and do that. He came for the sinners. He came for the broken, the hurting. You know, and, and the Pharisees thought they had it all figured out. They were doing everything by the law and they were telling Jesus, no, Jesus, you got this wrong. You know, the, the, the biggest thing that the Pharisees did is they were offended. I want you to get this this morning. 
They were offended that their Messiah came in the flesh. And they were not willing to receive him. Because their idea was a king that was going to take over everything. And that was going to reign forever. But they were offended that God would send a son in the flesh of man. And they could not get over that. So therefore, they could never see the Messiah in the flesh. They saw Jesus as a man, and that was it. And it determined every experience that they had with him. They weren't able, they weren't able, I mean, these miracles are happening right in front of them. I mean, the one story, they're like, this guy comes down out of the ceiling, Right? He got four brothers, four friends. They lowered him down. Like, well, I hope Jesus does something. And Jesus says, your sins are forgiven. And the Pharisees are in the corner saying, nobody can forgive sins. And he looks over at him like, oh, should I just tell him to get up and walk then? And he gets up and walks. And they still have an issue. Like these things are happening in front of them. And they still have an issue. Some of us in this room have experienced God in major ways and we still have not given him our entire life. Some of us have seen God move extravagantly in hard times. And we still hold back corners of our life and we will not allow him to have everything so that we can walk in the power of his love. And because we're not walking in the fullness of God, the people can't, around us can't experience the fullness of God because we're holding it back. <clears throat> so good. So Jesus said this. He said two commandments. Everything else follows these two. You do these two things. I love this. He said, love your Lord, the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind. I better read it or I'll get it wrong. And he said to him, so Matthew 22, 37 to 39. So you love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. That is the great and foremost commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. <clears throat> so he took all the commandments. I mean, in the law, there was, a, I think it was well over 600 different laws in the law of Moses. Was just massive uh, parchments. You know, all these different things that they had to follow. Um, and they were summed up in the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments were, were, it was summed up, everything was summed up in those Ten Commandments. But Jesus breaks it down and says, I got two commandments for you. And if you can follow these two commandments, everything else just falls in order. You don't understand this? This is like amazing. If we just do these two things, right? It'd be like the bank saying, okay, you give me two payments, I'll just call everything else good. We would do that, Right? You know what, you just show me faithfulness in two payments. You make two payments, the first one and the second one, everything else would be good. We would do that. I would do that. Well, God says, if you just love the Lord God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and love your neighbor as yourself, everything else comes. You ain't gonna cheat. You ain't gonna steal. You ain't gonna murder. You ain't gonna lust because you're seeing other people as you. And because you desire to please your heavenly father. Two commandments. This is the love that comes from God. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14, it says this. This is Paul talking. This is one of my favorite verses. It says, for the love, this is the Christian standard version. 
because I love the way it, it, it reads. It says, for the love of Christ compels us. Since we have reached this conclusion that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all so that those who live no longer live for themselves, but for the one who died for them and was raised. To be compelled. Paul said, this compels me. It compels me. It, it draws me. And other versions say constrains or controls. This controls me. It's something that takes over. You see, love is dominating. What you love will dominate your life. And so it will compel you. And Paul says, I've had such an experience with the love of God that it compels me. And when you look at the context of this verse, he's writing to the Corinthian church, and the Corinthians, <coughs> they think he's kind of crazy. Because he's going through all this pain, all this persecution, being imprisoned, all these different things. As he's explaining them, this isn't craziness, this isn't chaos. I'm willing to endure all these things because I know a love that no one else has experienced. I've experienced something that has drawn me out of a place that I never thought I could get out of. A place that I didn't even know that I was, that I was bound to. And I began to see the forgiveness in my life. I began to see the love of God in my life. And now it compels me because this no love was not just for Paul. Paul says, it is for everyone. It says, if one died for all, then all have died. And if all have died, then everyone has the ability to receive what I received. This is not constrained to one or two people. This wasn't just for Paul so that he could write to churches and write half of the New Testament and all these different letters. And then we have all this amazing instruction. It wasn't just for him. But that love compels him. It drew, it drew him in to, to have other people experience this because he knew that his life was gonna end someday. And he said, somebody's gotta carry this beyond me. He understood the great commission. Matthew 28. It said, and Jesus came up and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Remember, commission means authority. We've been commissioned by an authority. Jesus said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all that I command you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. That's our commission. That's what Jesus commissioned us at his resurrection. He commissioned his disciples. He said, go. He said, this isn't just for you. I didn't walk with you three years just so that you could have a happy life. I didn't get raised out of the dead just so that you could see the resurrection Lord and tell nobody about it. I didn't do that just for you 12 but I did it for everybody. Everything that I've been teaching you for the last three years, all the love that you've seen, all the healings that you've seen, all the deliverances that you've seen, those are not just for your eyes, but you're gonna go therefore and do greater things than I have done. And I'm giving you the authority to do it because I'm leaving right now. And you know what? I've walked this, this earth for three years so that you could experience the love of, of God in your life and that you could experience the Messiah in the flesh and in the spirit. So you understood the wholeness of God. The fact that he's not limited by what man has to offer. He said, I'm giving you the authority that's been granted unto me because I overcame all things. I wiped away your sin and your debt. So you have, you have connection with God. And you're gonna be the only Jesus people see. They ain't gonna get to see me. Some of them maybe, if I show up and reveal myself to them, 
<clears throat> but the reality is, is that you are the only Jesus that most people will ever encounter. And this is a sobering thought, but if you give a poor, a poor image, poor reflection of who he is, we stay in the image of God. And it's not that that can't be undone because God is way greater than us. And it's not that you have to walk in perfection. God gives us the ability to walk in perfection. But we want to be the best representation of who God is in our life. We want to be all that he is for the people next to us because we've already experienced all that he has. Receiving from God is not a selfish thing. It's a selfless thing. Jesus had the power of the almighty heavens. He had the Holy Spirit within him. Yet he confined himself to the flesh. But he still had access. Jesus was the first, the first image of what it is to walk in Jesus Christ. Of what it is to understand what it is to be saved. What it is to be washed. What it is to have the ability, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. To have that power to go forth. Not just to be a prophet called by God. He, he came along and he said, this isn't just for the few that I've called any longer, but this is for everybody. And it was for everybody from the beginning. This is what he's called us to. He's called us to make disciples. Our disciples are followers of Christ. It takes more than just a one-time prayer to become a disciple. It's a lifestyle change. If I'm gonna follow after Christ, that means I'm denying things. That means I'm walking away from stuff. I'm walking away from people. We gotta understand that we can't, we can't save everybody right off the bat. We gotta get close to God first. And when we get close to God, then it's just gonna be an outpouring of what he's filling us with. We're called to baptize them, wash them, cleanse them, submerge them. It's an outward expression of an inward experience. A declaration. And so, so much more. We're called to teach. Called them to teach and deserve the commandments that he, he told his disciples. That's what he's telling his disciples, right? That's who he's speaking to. He says, I'm telling you to teach them. Now, how many of you get it the first time you get taught something? Yeah, me neither. <laughs> me neither. Sometimes I really wish I could. But we just don't sometimes. So we need teachers. We need, that, we need to be reminded of things. This is our commission. <clears throat> okay. Why do we love? How do we have the ability to love people? 1 John 4, 19 through 21 says this. It says, we love because he first loved us. We get nothing else out of today, just know that. He didn't call you to any place. He didn't call you um, to be perfect. He didn't, he didn't tell you that you have to get in alignment with me. He didn't tell you that you gotta read the first five books of the Bible. He didn't tell me that, you had to, uh, that, I, had to, that I had to memorize the scriptures before he, he was gonna love me. He just loved me. He loved me before I came out of my mother's womb. He told Jeremiah, he says, I knew you before you were even conceived. I have plans for you. He loves you. He's made that de de determination over you. He said that over you. And we have to position ourselves to receive it. And all that is, is a confession. 
that he is Lord of our life and that he's mighty in everything that we do. And that belief has to come out in a change of who we are. (laughs) Because when you really believe something, you're gonna do something about it. I use this example all the time, but there was $100 million in that parking lot out there and I believed it. I wouldn't be in here. I'd be out there digging for it. If I really believe something, I better, you better see some kind of fruit coming, right? Then he's gonna go around and tell me, hey, there's $100 million in that parking lot out there. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it's been there for years. And do nothing about it. No, no, no. You, I believe that I'm gonna be out there picking away. Yeah. So if we believe that God is the Lord of our life, we are gonna live a changed life. We are gonna be different than we were when we began. Now, it's a, it's a walk. It takes time, it takes effort. But we will be different because he first loved us. So if anyone says, I love God, and yet hates his brother or sister, he is a liar. For the person who does not love his brother or sister whom, he has, whom we've seen and cannot love, he cannot love God who he has not seen. So if you can't love the people you do see, how does God going to believe that you can love him when you haven't seen him? We have this command from him. The one who loves God must also love his brother and sister. We must love. All right. I'm gonna try and go through this quickly because I know you guys wanna get out of here. (laughs) Um, I love you. Thank you for putting up with me. I appreciate you so much. There's a story in the book of Acts. I'm not gonna read the scripture just for the sake of time, but there's a story in the book of Acts about a certain man, his name is Stephan. Now, Stephan, Stephan, um, he was an amazing man of God. We do not see much about him. It's a very small piece of scripture. And basically, he was called to serve. He was called to serve the people in the house of God because the disciples were trying to serve, they were trying to preach, they were trying to do everything. And God said, you need to, you need to appoint some people. So they, they got together and they appointed some people and Stephen was one of those people that they appointed. So he began to serve the house of God. He began to serve people in the house. And, and then, um, you know, he had the opportunity. He was ministering to people. He understood things of God. And, and it got to the point where the, fa- <coughs> the, the Pharisees and all this and all, all the people of Jerusalem, the Jews, that didn't want Christianity, didn't want any of that, they, they began to see this, and they were like, they did not like it. And so they started to persecute Stephan. <clears throat> and then they drug him and put him on trial. And Stephan, uh, in, the, in Acts chapter um, 7, if you want to read it, it's amazing. It's probably the most complete, um, shortened story of the entire Bible that you're going to find. But it's Acts chapter 7. Read the entire thing. And he gives his defense, and he's talking about uh, who God was, who Moses was, how, how God had called each and every one of those things out. And at the very end of it, um, they, he begins to tell them that you have not believed this because you're blind. And they didn't like that. So, so basically, they put their hands over their ears, and they grabbed stones, and they started killing the guy. And Stephan sees, he looks up to heaven, and this guy's just full of the Holy Spirit. It says it right in the scripture. He's full of the Holy Spirit. He looks up to heaven, and he sees Jesus standing at the Father. He's standing up for him. Remember last time we heard about Jesus? He sat down, and Jesus standing up for him. That's what he does for us. Man, even in the midst of persecution, he's standing up. He says, I see the Father. And they put their hands over their ears, and they just kept throwing stones because the hatred was so bad. They didn't want to believe what he was saying. And Stephen cries out at the very end of the chapter, and he says, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And then he dies. 
And there's this man named Saul. And Saul is standing by the coats of all those that stoned him. And he was watching over them and he saw this whole thing transpire. And Saul was a man who was educated. He was a man who had passion about the, the scriptures, had passion about the law and all those things. And he saw this and he began to persecute the church. Go on in, in the Acts chapter eight and in the Acts chapter nine. He began to persecute the church. And he's persecuting the church and, and all these things are happening. And he, so bad so that he's grabbing people from other regions and taking them back to Jerusalem and putting them in prison. Like he just like, he did not want Christianity to go anywhere. So he's just doing whatever he can. And he's got a letter from, from the high priest and he's going to grab more people and he's on the road to Damascus and bam, Jesus just shows up to him. And he has this moment. This is Paul's commission. He has this moment. He's commissioned by Jesus in this moment. And Jesus said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he says, I don't even know who you are. He understood that it was the Lord. He said, I'm Jesus, and you are persecuting me. You're killing me. And Paul then apologized. He had this encounter, and he's changed. That's the same. So he, his, his name started out of Saul. I want to clear this up. Started out of Saul, and he was changed when he encountered Jesus, and he got a new name, so the new name was Paul. So it's the same Paul that wrote that the love of Christ compels me because God loved me when I was killing him. And the reason I told you about Stephen is, is, is because of this, is the fact that Stephen's love that, was, that he had encountered inside of him was so much so that he said, do not hold this sin against them. He said, do not hold this sin against them. He, would refuse, he refused to hold the people that were killing him in bondage so that someday that they could see, that they could receive the love that he had experienced. That is powerful. Little did he know that that Saul who was standing by would be the writer of half the New Testament, would be someone that would take the gospel to the greater Mediterranean area, even unto Italy. That he would preach to people in prison. We never know who we're around. You don't know if the person you hate the most is gonna be the person that God uses the most. And you could be the key to them experiencing God's love. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20 through 21 says this. <clears throat> it says, therefore we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were making an appeal through us. We beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. We are ambassadors. An ambassador is a representative. It is a representative of Jesus Christ. Each and every one of us is called to reflect who Jesus is to us. We're called to reflect that love. And you see the scripture. It says in verse 20, it says, that it's as though God were making an appeal through us on behalf of Christ. That means his appeal to the person next to you comes through you. This is a scripture that backs up everything that I just talked about. That you are the Jesus that everybody will meet. You're the only Jesus that some people will meet. 
you may be the most loving encounter someone will ever have. I got a, I got a neighbor. And I'll try and explain the story a little bit. I got a neighbor. And we haven't had him very long. And we started, we started building this house. And this neighbor, this neighbor, every time he sees us outside, he yells cuss words. He, he just puts all kinds of hatred on us, you know? Gives us the finger anytime we see him. All these different types of things. And one day, I was outside and I was stacking some lumber on a pile not far from his driveway. And, and I'm stacking lumber. And all of a sudden, I hear this, this just horrific, you know, cuss word at myself. And I just like looked up and there he was, stand, looking right at me. And he said it again. And every bit of flesh inside of me wanted to be like, who do you think you are? You know what I did? I did no credit on me in this. This is the love of God in me. I said, I love you. And then he swore at me again. I said, I love you. And he closed his gate. <laughs> I don't have an amazing end to the story. I don't have a, you know, he received Christ or anything like that. But I, you know what I do know? Is he encountered the love of God and he wasn't sure what to do with it. And something happened. And I, I, I don't have any connection to this, but I just believe God's moving on his heart. Because this is the second year that we were there and Christmas is coming up. And all of a sudden, this star goes up on the silo that's on his property and is faced right towards us. And he's got these beautiful Christmas lights. And I just began to think in my heart, I mean, he didn't have this the year before. Why do you put up this star? And then he didn't even face it towards the, you know, the main travel way of traffic, but he faced it right towards our house. Now, maybe he just wanted to put a light in our house. I don't know, but I'm like glorifying God because I'm like, look at the beauty lights, you know? But I'm like, God is changing his heart and his life and I'm praying for him. Is it easy? No, you gotta, get, you gotta put the flesh under and be a reflection of God. And God will do things that you never, I believe, I believe someday him and his family will receive the Lord God Almighty and they'll walk in love. I don't need an apology from them. I do not care because I forgive them. The moment he said it, he was forgiven because that's what God did for me. Have you encountered God's love today? Because he's called you. He call, he's called you to be a bearer of light. He's called you to be a reflection. He's called you to be an ambassador. And he has given you the authority to do so. So if you're here, if you're online and you have not encountered Jesus in this way, I wanna pray for you today. There's a scripture in Romans 5, verse eight says, God demonstrates his own love towards us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. <clears throat> you just heard me speak for quite some time about how you cannot be disqualified. But God loves you right where you're at. It does not matter. 
It does not matter what you've done. It's not about you going and undoing things. It's about the fact that he's already forgiven you. He loves you right where you're at. He's loved you before you were even born. He's called you. You have a purpose on your life. There's no reason for you to think otherwise. It is for everybody. Sin does not separate us from God any longer. It's the fact that our belief, if we do not choose to believe in him, then we cannot receive the gift that he's given. All we have to do is believe. Romans chapter 10 says that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you shall be saved. I'm gonna lead you through that today. I wanna show you one more thing just because I was talking about Stephan. Stephan said, do not hold this sin against them. One other time in scripture, we kind of see the same thing and it's Jesus on the cross. Stephan said, do not hold this sin against them. He was talking about the fact that they were murdering him. He wasn't gonna hold it against them. And Jesus on the cross doesn't even go to the point of identifying a sin. He just says, forgive them for they know not what they do. The encompassing act of what he did on that cross has no limitations. It has no barriers and no boundaries. It is surrounded by the agape love of God that says, I love you so much that I will give you the most valuable thing that I have because I want to have true relationship with you. And I'm giving you the authority to go and show this to other people. So if you just stand up with me today, you can bow your heads and we'll pray. <clears throat> if you are in this room, if you are online and you have not encountered God in this way, maybe you've said the prayer, maybe you've confessed that he's Lord and Jesus and, and, and Savior over your life, but you have not encountered love in this way. I want to encourage you today to get in alignment with God. And I'm gonna pray that God will reveal himself, reveal his love to you in such a way that you'll never forget it. Because it is the love of Christ that compels us. So if you're in this room today, all heads bowed. And you need a change in your life. You've been coming to church for a while. You need something new. You need a revelation of God's love. You got people at work that hate you. You got hard relationships that you can't seem to get over. You can't seem to show the love that God's calling you to show. If you're in this room today and you need Jesus, I just want you to raise your hand. Just slip it up. Thank you, Jesus. See those hands, see those hands. Thank you so much. The love of God says you are whole, you are chosen, you are purposed. There's so much more that he has for you right now. You online, talking to you too. He loves you. He doesn't care how bad the situation is. He doesn't care how bad you've been treated. He's forgiven you. And he's forgiven those that have mistreated you. And he's asking you to do the same. So I'm just gonna say a prayer 
to receive Christ into your heart, into your life. And then I'm gonna pray over you just for some freedom. So just repeat after me. Dear Heavenly Father, I acknowledge you as Lord. I acknowledge you as Savior. And I receive you now into my heart, into my life. Change me. Make me new. Have your way. And let your love flow through every part of my body. I receive you now. In Jesus' name. I'm going to pray over you. Dearly, Father, we just thank you so much for the love that's in this room, Lord. I just thank you for the outpouring of your Holy Spirit. Lord, that love is flowing through every chair, every aisle, Father God, Lord, every through every hand, through every, every follicle of hair right now, God, Lord, that you are touching your people, Lord, because when we get in your presence, we are changed. And Father, we just declare right now your holy word, your holy blessing, the power of your might over their lives, Lord, that we have the power to live a changed life in Jesus' name. Lord, that you have called us, not for what we're experiencing, but you have called us into your heavenly places. And Lord, I pray tonight, I pray this morning, Lord, that your power would be manifested in our life and that we would not be able to hold back the love that compels us and that many would be changed, not by our hand, but by yours. In Jesus' name. And they all said, amen. Thank you so much for tuning into the Refuge Official Podcast today. We hope that this message spoke to you in a very meaningful way and that you were able to connect with the Lord. And hey, if you made a decision to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior today, we are first and foremost just so happy for you and we would love to get connected with you. So if you want to find some more of our content and find out how to get connected with us, feel free to check out our website at wearerefuge.net. Be blessed and have an amazing rest of your day.